Takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall so fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall so. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the and a jam-packed opening day to free agency and None other than the voice of the Golden Knights, Dave Gosher, is with me as the special guest co-host. Dave, every time you've come on this program uh, in in filling the shoes of Darren Millard, there has been plenty to talk about today. No different. How how are you doing since we've seen you last week? And we're going to get you to weigh in on a couple of topics before we get to our guest, Darren Pang, in a little bit. Uh, Dave, how you doing? Well, doing all right. I think, Ryan, the sizable shoes of Darren Millard over at the Olympics doing Lord <laughs> knows what in Tokyo. No, I think it's uh, things have been good. Obviously, uh, the news of yesterday and the trade of Marc-Andre Fleury has been uh, – has kind of dominated the scene here locally, right? I mean, you've done the front page of both papers and the front page of the sports. And I don't know if anyone buys the actual newspaper, but I actually bought one today just because I wanted to get a good feel for what was out there. But, uh, yeah, I know and I knew, know you and uh, Brian kind of went through it yesterday and a lot to dissect from that. And, obviously, today a real busy day. I The last uh, kind of financial note I had heard was it was upwards of close to half a billion dollars that were – kind of doled out today to free agents and uh and some big names obviously on the move but you know from the golden knight standpoint and i'm sure we'll we'll get into it also made some moves as well but you know still the biggest move they made uh kind of hanging in the air uh, to be expected from yesterday was the trade of uh of the flower to chicago yeah and so i guess that's probably the best place to start as we start to kind of go through where the Golden Knights are now, how they look differently today than they did yesterday, how this team improved or tried to improve here in the offseason. We're efforting to bring Kelly McCrimmon's press conference to you live today as well around 4.30. But Dave, just kind of your initial impressions yesterday when you found out that the Golden Knights had moved Marc-Andre Fleury. Well, I think there's a, probably a lot to unpack from it, Ryan. You know, this was something that yeah. had kind of been percolating, right? And, and you know, this this almost happened last offseason. There was a lot of discussion about potentially moving Marc-Andre Fleury um, elsewhere. Thankfully, that did not happen because the way the season played out, he carried them in net, had the best year of his career, as we all know. Um but then you you know you had a feeling something was going to was something had to give here you know they had 12 million wrapped up in the two goalies uh, they played shorthanded last year Ryan 10 times out of 56 games um, and I yeah. know Bill Foley mentioned yesterday he felt that caught up to them you know just uh, at some point uh, they were out of gas in that in that uh, third round series against Montreal they did not want to put themselves in that position again. Um, and in order to do that, they had to, you know, so then the question is, where do you free up that space? Could you have moved one of your other higher paid players? Uh, sure. You know, they could have done that. 
I also think they felt that that much money wrapped up in two goaltenders was not going to work again this year. Uh, there was rumor there was a deal on the table. You know, I think it's, it's been out there that potentially Robin Leonard to New Jersey. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. feel like they felt they – to get into the free agency period, which started today, obviously, they had to have a better handle on the salary cap than where they were. And uh, but, a, but a tough, tough day. I mean, and quite obviously. Um, you know, to, to see somebody like Marc-Andre Fleury go, I, I think – when I keep coming, when I think of him here, Ryan, I think he gave this franchise instant credibility when they took yeah. him in the expansion draft right off the bat. And um, the success here that he had, uh, you know, we all know that. Now third in the, in the league in wins. Um, but, a, but, a, but a sad day. You know, the, just kind of the people that I encountered just kind of going from, you know, place to place, wherever I was you know, running around yesterday. People were just – they were kind of in a daze. But I do think it is a harsh reminder – that this is can be a very brutal business, the the, the business of pro sports. Um, if you try to pull away from it a little bit, which is hard to do, uh, Mark Andre Fleur mm-hmm. is going to be 37 in November. Uh, Robin Leonard just turned t- uh, 30 on Saturday. Um, so uh, that from that point, from an age standpoint, it makes sense. From an emotional standpoint, and I think that's probably the biggest thing for I think a lot of people concerned right now. That's kind of the, the toughest thing to take. It's been 20 years since a team traded a goalie that's coming off a Vesna year. Dominic Hasek leaving Buffalo to go to Detroit uh, all those years ago. But um, I, I think they felt it was the – I can't say it was the easiest way, but it was going to be the most feasible way for them to free up the money they needed to try to improve the team. The reason they lost the last two years in the playoffs, Ryan, is because they could not score in the third round, right? The goals dried up. The power yeah. play wasn't effective. Wasn't really wasn't because of the goaltending. It wasn't because of Robin Leonard in the bubble or Marc-Andre Fleury really last year when you break it down. I know there was, you know, the, the gaffe in the third game against Montreal. But on par, it was because they could not score. So in order to address that, they had to free up the money to do it. Could they have tried somewhere else to free up that money? Sure they could have. But that's the direction they, they chose to take. And you have to hope that it was – the right decision and you know only time passing and, and going down the road into the future will uh will bear that out you know and it's interesting too because when you when you listen to kelly mccrimmon yesterday and one of the points of of clarification really in in making the determination between mark andre Fleury and robin leonard is that since expansion the golden knights had kind of been looking for that next goalie understanding that Marc-Andre Fleury isn't going to play forever. You, you need to find a way to, to kind of bridge that gap or find that next guy that's going to be the goalie of your quote-unquote future. And, and in Robin Leonard, you've got a former Vesna finalist at the helm. You've got a guy that's under contract for the next four years at a very, very good cap hit of $5 million per year. And I think that you you kind of establish well-defined roles now for the Golden Knights in terms of your number one goalie, your backup goalie, and you have that going into the season. I think that you get uh, you get Robin Leonard really really coming back next season. I think he's going to play to that role and do incredibly well with it. Well, and you hope so, right? He you know last year was was a tough year for him, quite obviously because of the injury. You know, mm-hmm. missing six weeks yeah. due to the concussion. Um, in a smaller sample size, uh, you know, when he came over from Chicago, it seems uh, probably because of the, what we've all lived through the last 16, 17 months, it seems so long ago that he came over from the Hawks <laughs> yes, at, the, yes. you know, at the deadline. And, 
you know, was, was good and obviously took over the number one job in the bubble. Uh, now it's him, right? Now it's him and Lauren Brozois, you know, as we, you know, kind of get into what the Golden Knights did today. They signed him to a two-year deal. Um, but it, it's going to be his ball to to run with it. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see if, if uh, you know, a couple of things. Can he, can he have the consistency in his game? You mentioned he was a, you know, a Vesna finalist in the past and, and uh, certainly has, has played well as a member of the Golden Knights. Um, I wonder to a degree, Ryan, what the, the pulling flurry out of that locker room is going to do. You know, his, mm-hmm. his influence, his personality, his, his ability to keep things loose, how much the guys loved playing for him. Uh, but that being said, I think it's part of being a pro athlete. Now they've uh, they've get they've got to find a way to kind of move forward, and it's going to be, you know, Leonard to kind of run with this. And you know, I, I think most teams now that the days of starters playing 65, 68, 70 games that's long gone. And part of the reason they went out to get uh, Brozois today is just to have a reliable number two. Mm-hmm. But if you could get, I don't know, make up the number 55 to 57 good games out of Leonard and have the other ones good reliable starts out of Brozois, I think you'd be uh, in a good spot. So hopefully hopefully they are. But, you know, they've, they've made some moves here. They have not been shy, right, Ryan, about um, <laughs> no. about being bold, to say the least. Um, you know, and you think of some of the bigger ones and some of the ones that, that maybe caught people most off guard. I mean, the firing of Gerard Gallant, uh, the trading of Nate Schmidt, those didn't hold a candle to what happened yesterday. Um, but as we say, they've got, you know, the when they signed Leonard to that five-year extension after last season, you, we had to know in some way, shape, or form at some point this day was coming that he was going to take over as a number one guy. I don't know, and it's but the problem now is you've got a goalie coming off a Vesna season that made it clear he wanted to finish his career here, but the math and the cap they just couldn't work their way around it and and you've got what uh, what happened yesterday yeah and and it's a tough day 100 percent for all fans from an emotional perspective it is a very difficult day and then you turn the page into today you turn the page into free agency and and we're going to get into really all the moves that the Golden Knights made today as free agency opened up. But, you know, in terms of uh, scoring, right, in terms of kind of addressing that that first that first thing that the Golden Knights might look to improve in the offseason, uh, one of the big moves today, Evgeny Dadanov, is acquired by the Vegas Golden Knights via trade with the Ottawa Senators in exchange for defenseman Nick Holden and a third-round pick in the 2022 NHL Draft. Dadnov has two years left at $5 million average annual value. And this is a guy that at various times in his career, three years in Florida, was very prolific in terms of putting the puck in the back of the net. Yeah, you know, and showed, and I know we've got Darren Pang uh, standing by here, Ryan, but, yeah, we can get back to Dadnov in a little bit more detail. But, you know, three 20-goal years with the Florida Panthers, pushed uh, close to 30 a couple of those years, had two years with 28 little bit of a down year last year in Ottawa, but, you know, he does address if you're looking for an influx of scoring and trying to add mm-hmm. to their depth up front. Uh, Dadanoff coming here, Matthias Janmark staying here. You hope those, those two players are able to do that. Yeah, 100%. But we turn our attention now to Darren Pang, who joins the show. You can watch NHL Network analyst Darren Pang on NHL tonight throughout the offseason, including tomorrow at 3 p.m. Darren, thanks for carving out a little bit of time for us. You're on with Ryan and with Dave Gosher. Uh, 
in terms of of today and free agency, did, did, did today feel a little bit more normal than it did in say 2020? Yeah, it actually did. Um, and thanks for having me on the show, guys. And then, Coach, good to good to be with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think we we are getting hopefully back to normal and and seeing the excitement of the uh, you know both the draft happening, the expansion draft happening. I I think all eyes have been on the National Hockey League, and uh, you know, after a couple of tumultuous years and and seeing what everybody's gone through, I'm I was excited. And uh, today I was on the you know the set with NHL Network, and you've seen. You're seeing the names go through. You're seeing some changes. You're seeing some really good moves by teams and uh, lots to talk about. And that's, uh, that makes it exciting. That makes it great for the game and the NHL because that's what you want. You want eyeballs on it. And you want people talking about it. Panger, I watched you today and yesterday. Today you're on NHL Network with Stu Grimson and my, my boy Tony Luffman. You carry that show. I mean, let's face oh. it. No, I can't carry a six foot five, two hundred twenty-five pound Stu Grimson. You know that. I can't carry him. Luffman's not very good. Tony Tony Luffman is so fun for me because I I I like movies, I like actors, I like music, and and he just has a rare ability to throw all that in there to the blender, and you never know what you're going to get with him. So you got to really stay on your toes. Yeah, he's the best. No, I love him to death. Hey. um, is it too soon, Panger, to kind of take a 30,000-foot view of this and who you think maybe improve their team the most oh. today? Have you been able to kind of dissect it? Who's kind of jumped off the page at you the most? Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's, that, that is a loaded question. Um, you know, with, ev- with everything that has gone on, uh, who did? Um, I mean, listen, let, let's just go through some of the, the, the gamuts of, of, of uh, transactions. Um, you know, the New, Jer- the New Jersey Devils are a team right now, and I, I talked to Marty Berdura about this a little bit. And, you know, because they're not a destination, really, you, you've got you to pay to get some guys. So, you know, number one, they paid $9 million to get, you know, to get, you know, obviously Dougie Hamilton. That's an awful lot of money, but they needed to do that. Um, you know, the Boston Bruins later in the, in the, in the uh, later today, as I got out of the set, uh, Dave, I mean, they had a number of different moves that we didn't have while we were on the air. Yeah. You know, so so you're looking at, at Boston and the team that you're familiar with, and you're like, okay, well, they added. Okay, who did they who did they end up adding? They, they Olmark was was a, a big ad for them, um, and and then they you know then they went down. They added a lot of depth. Uh, they lost Corrali. Um, let me see. Go add through some Polino, of the teams for me. Right? Add well, Felino, add Nosek, add Hala, right? Felino, Nosek, your guy. You guys, yep. I mean, I, I really like him. I, yep. I, he fills a really good role. I think he's, you know, like you think back to when Detroit left him available and, and Vegas was smart enough to pounce on him. And boy, did they get a, did they get a lot of years out of Nosek and yep. good years out of Nosek. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, that was a good pickup as well. So, Panger, we, you know, obviously the Golden Knights uh, had a great second-round series with Colorado this year and now everything's going to be reconfigured and they're back in your division right now right they're back in the in the central are you surprised they couldn't you know and i I gotta give my wife credit she says to me today she says so let me get this straight two of the three vesna finalists from this past year are on different teams now (laughs) and i said you know what you're right including the guy that won the vesna but that's a whole separate story but you've got philip grubauer that leaves to go to seattle uh I know there's only so much so much money to go around, and they give Kale McCarr nine million, and they they keep Landeskog for seven million a year. 
But are you surprised they couldn't figure out a way to keep the guy that led the league in wins last year in that? You know, Steve, I, there's got to be plan B. I mean, there, there had to be. Yeah. From what I understand, um, that their offer to, to Philip Grubauer, I mean, wasn't even close. So, I mean, they didn't get close to what the numbers were going to be. Now, if you're the agent of Philip Grubauer, and I, I believe it's Al Waugh, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, we like Colorado. We want to be there. And we want to be the, the centerpiece of that organization and win, especially now that you've signed you know, Kale McCarr and, and you've, you've locked up Landis Cog. I mean, we're a better team, obviously, with those two guys locked up. You don't have more than that for me? And yeah. all, all Al Waugh had to do was go around the league and say, okay, because there are so many openings out there, say, okay, what do we got? I didn't really see Seattle because I thought with Chris Dreger, I, I thought that maybe – you know, they, they would just stay with that and maybe get a complimentary guy along the way. But instead, what they did was got 1A and 1B, and, and it really solidified their goaltending position. But in going back to it, it's a dangerous game to play um, when you're on the cusp of being a winning team. And so all I can say is, there's you know, Joe Sackick, who's a patient man, and he has to have plan B. So what's plan B? Is it Darcy Kemper? What other goaltender is out there that, uh, that you know, that he can lock in? Uh, whether it be in a trade or, you know, or be a free agency. But as I look at the free agent goaltenders, I, I don't see the quality that I would see if, if, if maybe he could make a trade for somebody. But, yes, it, it leaves a, a deep hole right there. And, and obviously, you know, knowing Mark andre and um, just I, everybody loves the guy to death. He's, he's left an indelible mark for me personally with the way he's been. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's always tough when a, when a player leaves an organization – um, and gives it his all, and I was, you know, sad for Mark Andre, um, but uh, that that's that's hockey, that's business, that's the way things go. And it's tough as it was when it happened, um, it does happen, and everybody takes a few days to reset and, and regroup, and then everything will move on a little bit. Talking with Darren Pang of the NHL Network, and you know, Darren, kind of along the the lines of Mark Andre Fleury, what what do you think comes next for him? Do, do you get the sense that Mark Andre is is going to uh, join the Chicago Blackhawks and play next season and, and just kind of, you know, in terms of Chicago, their offseason so far, bringing in Tyler Johnson, trading for Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, mm-hmm. this is a team that's trying to get better on the fly here. You know, I, I do believe that in, a, a real caring person and an emotional person, um, which I, I think that's the best way to describe Marc-Andre, and I don't mean emotional as in fluctuation and up and down. I just mean... He puts his heart into everything, and you guys saw that firsthand when he went in there. It'd been like he'd been in Vegas for 20 years, and, and I just admire the heck out of that. I remember seeing him when he got uh, taken out of the series, the conference finals against the Ottawa Senators, and it was game one or game two in Ottawa, which would have been game three, and they decided at that point he gave up a goal that went behind the net, came in front, and he had troubles in Ottawa in his career, and they, and they pulled him from the series, and Matt Murray won it all, and I saw him at a stake place. I was doing the conference final for, uh, for Westwood One Radio, and I saw him, and I remember just talking to him for, even if it was four minutes, and I remember thinking how disappointed he was in that, because he cares. And, and so I think that, you know, at that point, he, he obviously stepped back and, and thought about things, and then eventually ends up in Vegas, a great spot for him, and he was able to kind of resurrect his, not resurrect it, but really go to another level again. And so I would have to think that that's going to happen again. And I, I think with a solid family that he's got and the chance to um, set some marks in all-time wins, um, it's either Chicago or Pittsburgh. 
I mean, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't take out the opportunity to say it wouldn't surprise me that he's a Pittsburgh Penguin uh, to end his, to end his career. I, I think that's been tried. I think that try, was tried last year. I think Vegas tried with several teams to uh, basically to work th- uh, two-way deals, um, and it just didn't work out. But I do believe that uh, uh, that's what it's going to be. It's either going to be Chicago or it's going to be Pittsburgh for me. Darren Pang joining us. Panger, your team in St. Louis, um, what's your read on where they're at right now? Obviously, they make this trade, uh, Sammy Blay for Pavel Buchnevich. Um, but as they sit here now late July, what's your read coming off a cup in 19 and then you know, kind of quick exits in the playoffs each of the last two years? Where do you think they're at? Um, well, I've gone through their line combinations, and I, I, I think – I mean, Bushnevich is a really good ad, Dave. I mean, I, like, and I like the fact that he only got him on. It's a four-year deal. You know, it's, it's not some seven-year deal. It's a four-year deal. Figure out, how, you know, what what you know what you what you like about him. I, I did speak briefly to Craig Berube. Um, the fact is that he's a good penalty killer. He's a good skater. He's a good person. Um, and and he scored, I think, 19 of his 20 goals last year at, at even strength. So I think there's a lot to like about him. And, and perfect with his age, fitting in with Ivan Barbashev, Robert Thomas, uh, Jordan Cairo, uh, even Braden Shen and, and uh, Ryan O'Reilly, uh, uh, Oscar Sundquist. Let me go through the list here. Hold on. Uh, Oscar Sundquist is another you know guy that's in that age group. Zach Sanford. Um, Clint Coaston, a former first-rounder. So I, I think because they've been quiet, people are kind of ruling them out. But, but I do believe that this is still a really solid team. Um, and, you know... Uh, obviously they've got to be disappointed with what's happened, uh, Dave. And uh, when you're disappointed with what's happened and you wonder what's going to happen with Vladdy Tarasenko, will they make? Will they be able to move him? Um, they've lost a personable guy in Jaden Schwartz. That's a tough one. They're not sure about Tyler Bozak. They like the guy. So we'll, uh, we'll have to see how that ends up going. But I, I think all in all, I think we'll be surprised at how, how good they are because of the nucleus of players that they've had during winning times. Speaking with Darren Pang, NHL Network analyst, and, you know Darren. One of the the names that's interesting, obviously, with proximity here in the Pacific Division, is the LA Kings going out and inking Phil Deneau to a six-year, five point five million dollar average annual value contract. And you know, in, in terms of the LA Kings, does this take a little bit of the pressure off of Andre Kopitar to be the shutdown guy, thus freeing him up to be a little bit more offensive? And knowing what Deneau was able to do in the playoffs to some really high-profile scorers. Like this has to be a, a good sign for the Kings moving forward. I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I was really impressed at times last year with L.A. I, I know they implemented a little bit of a right-wing lock, and it got a little bit maybe tiresome or boring for, for some. But in the shortened season, um, you know, I, I, thought, I thought Todd McClellan did a really good job. I think they'll be more aggressive now, and, and you're not going to get Arvidsson and not be aggressive. You know, you, you've got skaters there. You, you've got some guys that can get in there on the attack. But I thought for last year they, they did a really good job of being competitive against good teams. And uh, Philip Deneau is a good player. I mean, I don't know if he's, you know, 5.5 or, you know, million dollars good. All I know is the more I watched Philip Deneau, the more I liked him. And the more I appreciated what he was. And I think going behind and we actually had Deneau on NHL Network today. And when I asked him about being with uh, Anche Kopitar, I mean, his face lit up like a Christmas tree. He was really <laughs> fired up. And, I, and I, that got me excited because I'm thinking, you know, here's a guy 
that, uh, you know, you're playing in Montreal, but the respect he had for, for Kopitar and the fact that they can go Kopitar, Dano, um, Bilardi, uh, let's say, you know, whoever you want to throw on that, on that, on that fourth line. I think they're pretty strong up the middle. And I think this is a good change for Rob Blake. And I, I think that, uh, you know, they're going to be a heck of a lot more competitive, uh, this year. Hey, Panger, last one for you, uh, one move that didn't happen today, and we'll see if it does or not, is obviously Jack Eichel. Um, yes. There's been reports here in Vegas, or not in Vegas, but just things that you read out uh, on the interwebs that, uh, you know, any potential deal with Vegas would include Riley Smith and Peyton Krebs and Nick Hague and a first-rounder. and uh, All that. Yeah, I, and I guess your read on will a deal happen for Reichel with a team and you know through the grapevine have you heard like how healthy is he and would he be able to play when the season starts it's it's a very good question um you know they did a good job i think the representation of, of Jack Eichel uh, Ghosh, insane that he's skating you know all all the important things he's out there he's skating i mean they need to sell teams on the fact that Jack Eichel is is uh is is healthy and and is going to be fine uh, whereas a month ago, you know, we heard that Jack Eichel was disappointed that he didn't have surgery. That they, you know, we we know what, what what happened there, and 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 the type of surgery that they're looking at is a very difficult hockey surgery. But um, uh, for me, I think this is a player similar to Ryan O'Reilly when Ryan was there. It it just gets tiring. It, it's, it's tiresome losing, and you're lucky in Vegas that you started out and it's, it's been about winning, and and the you know the expectations. Are, are about winning. The standard is about winning, and that's the way to set it up. And and the Buffalo Sabers have just not been able to get it out of the rut. Um, Ten million dollars for the next five years. I mean, you got to go do- a lot of dollars in and dollars out to get up to ten million. But you know, you look at Tampa Bay. I mean, Johnny Gord goes. He's at five point three. Uh, Tyler Johnson goes. What's he at five point five? There is their there's their ten million dollars, and they're able to you know sign the, their best player for me, Braden Point. And, and so, I mean, if, if, if you move out three guys to get Jack Eichel, well, who's your best player? Well, Jack Eichel will be your best player. So, um, you know, depending on the need. And I could see why Vegas would have a great interest. There's New York Rangers have a great interest. There's a lot of teams that would have a great interest that can move dollar in and dollar out. Hey, Darren, as always, just fantastic stuff here. Thanks so much for doing this. And enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, we really appreciate you being on the program. My pleasure, fellas. Keep up the great work and uh, love going to Vegas. All right, Panger. Hopefully we can see you in person soon. It's been too long. Yeah, you got that right. You will. Don't worry. All right, man. See you, bud. You bet. Take care. <laughs> that is Darren Pang, NHL Network Analyst. You can watch NHL Network's Network analyst Darren Pang on NHL tonight throughout the offseason, including tomorrow at 3 p.m. Certainly going to be a lot more in terms of contracts, a lot more in terms of figuring out who the winners are from the opening of free agency. When we come back, we hope to have Kelly McCrimmon in his press conference on the other side of the break. It's the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. And you make me weak. And we're back here on a Wednesday, the opening of free agency. The Golden Knights making some moves. We got into it a little bit before we had Darren Pang on the show. Ryan Wallace, Dave Gosher, Chris Chapman here. And 
So the Golden Knights acquire Evgeny Dadanoff for Nick Holden and a 2022nd third-round pick. Uh, again, Dadanoff, 32 years old, two years left, $5 million average annual value. But a, a guy that, when you look at it by the numbers, certainly in Ottawa, not necessarily where the numbers were you were expecting them to be for Dadanoff. But you go back to his time in Florida, very prolific goal scorer. And, and I think for the Golden Knights, that's addressing a need for more depth scoring in the middle of the lineup. Yeah, I think, Ryan, it's, um, you know, Kelly McCrimmon mentioned this yesterday when mm-hmm. during his availability after the Fleury trade. Um, he said that, you know, outside the organization, there's more conversation about the need to be better down the middle than inside the organization. Well, yeah, the moves today would bear that out. Um, you know, they, sure. they signed Dadnoff as a winger. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as you said, his numbers were a little bit down last year. There was, There is a school of thought that he wasn't in a good place last year in Ottawa. I guess his family wasn't with him there, and I think he just had a tough season in general. But his numbers in Florida were good for three years. So, um, again, right now, if you look at uh, a couple of the moves anyways that the Golden Knights made today, which was acquiring Dadnoff from Florida and keeping mm-hmm. Matias Janmark, uh, two yes. guys that play the wing, um, they still have to sign Nolan Patrick. You know, that, that shouldn't be uh, forgotten here. Right now, as they sit, Brian, mm-hmm. they're over the cap. Now, you can be over the cap by 10% in the offseason as long as you're compliant by opening night. So, that being said, they still have to sign Nolan Patrick. Uh, they're already over by uh, – cap friendly is usually pretty accurate, right? They're over by a couple of million yes. bucks right now. Um, and still with Nolan Patrick out there to sign. So, would lead you to believe, you know, there's going to be another shoe or two to drop here um, before the, the season gets going. But um, – and, and, and I, while we're on the topic of Dadnoff, Ryan, we should mention – uh, you know, Nick Holden goes the other way in this trade. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think there's many guys that would have handled his situation, the situation he was in, better than Nick Holden last year. You know, he was a guy that was a mainstay in the lineup two years ago. I think played all but one playoff game in the bubble. And then with the cap crunch and just the numbers being what they were last season, you know, relegated to the taxi squad for a lot of the year and then came in the lineup, was more than serviceable played in the playoffs, handled it all with a smile on his face. And I've always said that the best thing Nick Holden, at least in my time with him, the best thing he has for him is his personality and his ability to just kind of roll with the punches. And uh, so that I don't think that should be lost in the mix here, just how good a pro he was during his mm-hmm. time with the Golden Knights. Yeah, I mean, you you look at a guy that just kind of understood it and got it and and played his role and did what was asked of him uh, at every single step of the way last season. That was Nick Holden, and you know a lot of big time games and big time moments for Nick Holden in the playoff. And he did get into the lineup and was a, a key contributor to the Golden Knights and, and their quest last season and and helped them really get past Minnesota, get past Colorado, and get to where they got in the uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I I couldn't agree with you more on on Nick Holden and you know one of the other things that the Golden Knights did do today making it official Alec Martinez will be back three years 5.25 million average annual value for Alec Martinez and you know when you look at the defense core for the Golden Knights you look at Petrangelo you look at Theodore and what those two guys are able to do offensively uh, it's hard not to put Alec Martinez right there with them both in his own zone and also creating offense this was a in my opinion uh, the, a, a 
player that you need to have as you move forward because I think he's just so vital to what the Golden Knights need to do in order to win. Oh, yeah, it's crucial, crucial that they keep him. Um, you know, since coming over from the Kings, he's been fantastic. You know, we kind of mentioned it, um, I think, last time I was with you. He was their best defenseman last year. Yeah. Um, you know, Petrangelo yeah. really kind of found his game as as the um, regular season wore on and certainly in the playoffs he was excellent. But uh, Martinez from start to finish was their most consistent guy. Um, you know, and, and for a good portion of the latter part of the year, it was he and Alex Petrangelo put together – as their top pair. So, yeah, I was glad to see because there's always concern there, right, because he's, you know, but he is a guy now at this point in his career, 34 years old, that he's going to want to play on a good team. You don't see him, I, I at least I didn't see him going somewhere else just for the sake of money. I, I didn't think that was really going to be a driving force with him. I think he wants to quality of life here in Vegas is fantastic, loves playing for the Golden Knights, and the money was, you know, the money worked for him as well. So, yeah, I think uh, a very – key part of this team uh, on the ice off the ice you know as it stands right now um, they have two guys in that locker room that have won Stanley Cups they lost one yesterday but you've got Martinez and Chandler Stevenson uh, on that list so um, you know critical playoff experience knows what it takes to to make deep runs and obviously to win it so yeah it was um, if you if you had a list of guys that uh, you know that were kind of hitting that UFA area, and they, they lost one today in Tomas Nosek to Boston. But uh, Alec Martinez, you, you had to you had to hope they were going to find a way to keep him, and they did. You know, it, like in terms of, of Martinez, for me, like it, it, just knowing that this is one of those situations where uh, he wants to stay here, and I, I am fully on board. And you, you listened to Alec Martinez earlier today. He talked about like some of the some of the main contributing factors to why he chose to stay here with the Vegas Golden Knights because I think you look at on the open market Alec Martinez probably commands somewhere in the ballpark of six million dollars average annual value based on what he was able to do last season so uh, you, you do get I think a bit of a discount here uh, term three years at, at 34 years old if there's anybody that's going to be able to live up to that it's Martinez because he keeps himself in such great shape so I, I think that you know for the Golden Knights you, you get the term down a little bit mainly because Martinez recognizes what this team can do and how special and close they are and wants to be a part of that. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it, Ryan. I, I think that, uh, you know, again, at this point in his career and his life, look, he, he's played his, his entire pro career out west. That doesn't mean that I guess he could not have found a team in the east that would be a good fit. Um, but obviously I don't think that was what he was was really looking for. I mean, I think he feels, and rightly so, I mean, let's face it, he comes over – you know, at the deadline in 2020, the team goes to the, the, you know, the third round. And this past season, they go to the third round again. So they've been able to make deep runs. They obviously want to go further. But, um, yeah, I think if you're, if you're where he's at right now, and, and I think also as you look around this team right now, albeit, you know, the, the, the flurry trade yesterday notwithstanding, um, it's still a real good team. It's a real good team. A lot of depth. I still think it, potentially they have to address the middle of the ice, the center position. Mm -hmm. They might yeah. not think so. They haven't done, you know, they, as of today <laughs> they didn't, you know, and that's fine. I mean, but as of today they've they decided to stay on the on the wings with, uh, you know, with bringing over Dadnoff and with keeping Yanmark. So, you know, we'll see here as, as we kind of move forward. I don't know how you feel about it, Ryan, but as I was, hmm. you know, you're, you're glued to NHL Network and the Twitters today and you're like, okay, <laughs> coming off what happened yesterday. 
okay, you're like, all right, wait, what's next? What is the next shoe to drop? What yeah. are they going to do? Yeah. And, and you, I, I kind of like still feel that way. Like, all right, Dadnoff's a good player, and he'll be effective, and they keep you and Mark, and, you know, broke through with a hat trick in game seven against Minnesota. But, like, all right, what, you know, like, what's the – so I don't know. And maybe maybe I'm waiting for nothing, but I it, I feel like I'm still waiting for something. <laughs> well, you're not the only one waiting because I, I feel like I'm waiting too. And I'll be honest, when I look at the Golden Knights, I, I look at a team that is very, very good. I look at a team that I believe is very deep. I, I don't have any questions of, of what they're going to be able to do on the back end. I think it's a very, very good defensive core, one of the best in the league. Uh, I look at the goaltending tandem today, Robin Leonard, Lauren Bronsois, like I like that tandem. I like the fact that you're going to have a clearly defined number one and backup goaltender, and I think that that's something that can certainly work for the Golden Knights. The only question mark that I have right now for this Vegas team, who, according to Cap Friendly, is just about $1.8 million over the salary cap right now, still needing to sign Nolan Patrick, is what are they going to look like down the middle? You you bring in Evgeny Dadnov, which, again, goal scoring, that's a, a good thing for the Golden Knights, but I still don't really know what down the middle you're going to have available to you or what you're going to do. So for me, in terms of moving Marc-Andre Fleury yesterday, I felt like it was setting up for kind of that big Golden Knights swing. And and today it, it felt like that just didn't really happen. So it'll be interesting to kind of get an idea of, of what might still be to come. And and there's certainly op- options for the Golden Knights. There's certainly opportunity for them, I think, as you move forward here in the offseason to address that if it's important. Um, but, you know, we heard Kelly McCrimmon yesterday speak directly about how center depth is not necessarily the, the main focus within this organization. You look at their moves today, and it certainly bears that out. But let's head out to City National Arena and bring in General Manager Kelly McCrimmon as he addresses the media after today's opening to free agency. When you go into the offseason, it's, uh, uh, you know, the the best opportunity to improve uh, your hockey club, to make changes to the makeup of your roster, and to prepare your team for the upcoming season. For our team, uh, we went into the offseason with uh, with a few goals in mind. Uh, you know, first, uh, we need to manage our salary cap effectively. That dictates uh, any moves that we may or may not be able to make. Uh, it was a real uh, priority for our team to re-sign Alec Martinez uh, based on the contributions that he had made uh, to our team in his uh, two years here. And if we uh, if we had the opportunity, we wanted to improve our team uh, at the forward position. Uh, I think as we go through it, uh, you know, effectively those conversations can begin uh, going right back to the NHL trade deadline, which was on April 12th. You have discussions with uh, general managers that don't materialize at that time, but those uh, uh, those talks continue into the off season. Really, when the season ends is when you see. Uh, talks uh, really pick up and and uh, an activity begin uh, to happen. There were different stages uh, of the offseason for me this year with expansion. Uh, there was a window leading into the roster freeze that uh, I believe which was July 17th, which uh, gave teams uh, you know an opportunity which we were able to uh, uh, use to our advantage to acquire players that teams might move uh, because of expansion, because of exposure, 
uh, challenges that they had with respect to Seattle. So we uh, utilized that period, I thought, effectively with the addition of uh, Nolan Patrick and Brett Howden, two young centers that, uh, you know, we think give us, uh, you know, real good size, good pedigree, both former first-round picks. We've uh, we've spoke about that uh, the day that we made uh, those additions. So we thought that was a good start uh, to the offseason. Uh, from there, uh, you go into expansion itself in that period of time uh, from expansion, uh, to the entry draft, where I believe I, I said with uh, media availability some time ago uh, that you would see quite a bit of activity, which uh, which in fact uh, there was, and then uh, you know then the, the the ongoing discussions with trades that lead into free agency, uh, which of course uh, took place today, where there was a tremendous amount uh, of activity. Uh, our transactions today, uh, the, the re-signing of Alec Martinez to a three-year, $5.25 million uh, per year uh, tra- uh, tra- transaction cap hit uh, on his contract. And really, um, as I mentioned, you know, a real priority for our team. Uh, Marty has been a great fit. Uh, the leadership he provides uh, in our dressing room uh, is immeasurable. He has tremendous respect from his teammates. Uh, his play on the ice, uh, you know, literally since uh, since the day we acquired him has been uh, exemplary. Uh, this past year uh, really uh, had tremendous offensive production. Uh, you know, his courage and shot blocking is well documented, led the NHL in the regular season, led the NHL uh, in the playoffs, uh, has been a great partner uh, on our top pair with Alex Petrangelo and uh, really pleased to be able to Uh, keep him uh, in the fold because of what he brings to our hockey club. So welcome back, uh, Alex, with uh, um, uh, the early morning trade uh, with Ottawa, where we uh, acquired uh, forward of Genny Dodonov. Really pleased by that. He was a player that we had identified uh, as a priority. We thought enough of him to have him ahead of all players that were available in expansion. We, um, you know, by, by completing that transaction uh, early in the morning, uh, it, it effectively uh, addressed that need that we had where we wanted to add one really good forward. And I think with uh, Dodonov last year, he was in Ottawa. The, the three years previous, he was in Florida. Uh, in Florida, his last three years, he had 28 goals, 28 goals, 25 goals. Uh, this year in Ottawa, in uh, in a shortened season, he had 13 goals. Uh, this is a player that makes his living in the hard ice. He uh, is very competitive. He's an engine on a line. Uh, we've had really good coverage of this player for some time. Uh, hold him in high regard, and uh, and we're able to complete that transaction uh, today for uh, defenseman Nick Holden uh, and a third round pick. Uh, when free agency opened, uh, we had a priority of adding a backup goaltender to complement uh, Robin Leonard. Uh, Loren Brassois was the top uh, choice on our list. We were able to put, a get, put together a deal uh, with him. He comes here from Winnipeg where he had backed up Connor Hellebuck. He was looking for uh, a little more opportunity, which I think he will uh, get here. But he's uh, a player that we have really high regard for our goaltending coach, Mike Rosati, really uh, has a lot of value uh, for the player, uh, as do our pro staff. So that was the player that we selected 
uh, in free agency. And then uh, as, the, as the day went on, we had an opportunity to bring back Matthias Janmark and it was on a, uh, a deal that worked for us, a one-year deal at uh, $2 million. And I think with, uh, with Matthias, uh, just really a Swiss Army knife for us in his time uh, uh, on our team when we acquired him from Chicago at the trade deadline. He, uh, he was able to contribute in a number of different ways, uh, you know, a real solid, respected, uh, two-way NHL forward, so that was uh, that was a bonus for us, uh, really, uh, as the day went on. Um, three other signings, Sven Berchi, uh, Gage Quinney, Patrick Brown. So Patrick Brown and Gage Quinney have been in our organization and uh, have, uh, you know, have shown real good call-up ability to play NHL games. Uh, Patrick Brown played a number of games with our team this year, Gage Quinney, uh, had battles with uh, with health over the course of the year, but was likely, uh, you know, the you know the top call up coming out of our main training camp. I thought he had an exceptional camp with uh, with our team, and we're really pleased to keep uh, both of those players in our organization. Great people as well as really effective players. Uh, Sven Berchi is a player that. Uh, was a first round pick of Calgary a number of years ago, came, uh, comes to us most recently from the Vancouver Canuck organization. And I think, uh, you know, has played uh, a number of NHL games and we think can be a guy that has uh, call up utility uh, for our team as well, or can be a really effective player uh, for our team in Henderson. So those are the transactions today. Um, to uh, Nick Holden and Thomas Nosek, uh, thank you for your time here, and uh, we wish both players all the best in their new uh, locations. Uh, Nick, uh, as part of the trade this morning uh, to Ottawa, uh, I think for I think for Holdy, he was really a good contributor here in his time. Um, you know, challenging situation being uh, out of the lineup more than he was in the lineup during the regular season, and yet uh, I believe playing. Um, you know, 13 or 14 uh, of our 19 playoff games where I thought he played uh, extremely well first with uh, Shea Theodore on uh, on that pair. And then uh, with the return of Braden McNabb at that time, he then played uh, a number of games with Zach Whitecloud. So uh, it's a challenging position for a player to be in. You know, one of the things that we're mindful of with this move is Nick wants to, he's in his final year of his contract. Uh, he wants to play next year, so it's a it's a lot uh, it's a lot better opportunity for him to go to Ottawa and play uh, a significant role. It probably helps him with his next contract, which uh, which we would we be happy to see. And to do uh, to do what he did again is uh, is challenging. So uh, that was what went into the conversation. I had a good uh, a good discussion with Nick. Uh, this morning, he loved playing in Las Vegas like all of our players do, but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, understands uh, the, the, you know, the points that I just talked about. We've got on our left side with, uh, you know, Martinez, McNabb, Nick Haig, uh, you know, that's a real strength of, uh, of our hockey club. So, um, you know, he's, uh, you know, grateful that it comes in the off season so he can relocate his family, get his uh uh, kids in school get settled and those types of things before he gets to training camp. In the case of Thomas Nosek, he's uh, he's an original. He was our selection from the Detroit Red Wings uh, in the uh, expansion draft. He had played uh, on a Calder Cup winning team in Adirondack, uh, or pardon me, in 
uh, Grand Rapids uh, that year uh, that they uh, that we selected them. And just uh, for me, um, you know, zero ego, very humble person, really improved as a player, gave us, uh, you know, I thought four great years. I'm really uh, proud of him, happy for him to get a real good contract uh, in Boston. Uh, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, scored the first goal uh, in the franchise history uh, at home uh, in our in our game on uh, in opening night against Arizona, and uh, I believe also uh, you know the first goal in the Stanley Cup final. So happy uh, for him to get a real good opportunity, and thanks uh, to Thomas and Nick for uh, for their time in our organization. Um, you know, as an overview. Uh, you know, really pleased with how uh, this period of time has gone uh, for our team. We're in a good spot. We're uh, not likely to uh, be involved in any other discussions. We've, uh, you know, used our money that we uh, had available to us. We've addressed the needs that we identified, uh, you know, going into this time frame. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, you know, anxious to, uh, to get ready for training camp uh, as we move into the next season. I think that, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll open up to questions. I, I, I uh, probably have talked uh, enough, but uh, it's been a busy time, as uh, as you guys would know. And and uh, you know, we've made a number of transactions that we think uh, improve our team and put us in a real good position. So, with that, I'll open it up to questions. Thank you very much, Kelly. As a reminder to all media members, please use the raise hand function on Zoom, and we will get to your question. First question today will come from Ben Goats of the Las Vegas Review Journal. Hey, Kelly, you mentioned that upgrading it forward was a priority, but was getting a player like Evgeny Dadnoff, a more offensive driven forward who's known for scoring goals, the specific kind of type of forward you were looking to add? Uh, yeah, he really fit the bill for us. It was, uh, uh, he was a player that I said we had a lot of regard for. Um, you know, there were some good forwards available in free agency that, uh, um, you know that we liked that we uh, that we would have turned to or pivoted to had we not been able to complete the trade uh, with Ottawa. But uh, our our priority was uh, was this player, and we were uh, happy to add him. I think he's going to fit in really well. Um, you know, I think he'll be a contributor on our power play. I think he'll be a guy that uh, you know really uh, drives offense, and uh, you know uh, you know our staff, our pro staff, refer to him as really being an engine on the line. So that's. Uh, uh, that's uh, that's the appeal with uh, with him. It's a manageable two-year contract, but uh, you know he comes in and gives us another really good NHL forward. The point I was going to make before I uh, cut myself off in my opening comments is, you know, I think this is the best uh, top nine forwards that our organization has had, and I think this is the best group of forwards uh, collectively that our that our team has had. So that was, uh, you know, um, you know, really. A uh, really positive addition to uh, to our team uh, uh, this morning. Next question today, I'll go to Justin Emerson, Las Vegas Sun. Hey, Kelly, you might have just answered the question there at the end, but you do have a lot of wingers right now, and by public models, are a little bit over the salary cap. Do you expect to trade one of the wingers before opening night? We'll be uh, cap compliant. I think I say this to you guys pretty regularly. We'll be cap compliant uh, when the time comes, and uh, that'll be... Uh, that'll be addressed and uh, uh, in due course. Next question today will come from Jesse Granger from The Athletic. 
Hey, Kelly, there were quite a few goalies out there that were available today. Um, I'm just curious what you guys saw in Brassois that, that made you kind of focus in on him. Uh, good history on the player back to uh, junior hockey, his time with the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, you know, just uh, have followed his career, have talked about him uh, in the past, uh, viewings from our pro staff, uh, reports from uh, from Mike Rosati and Fred Brathwaite. Uh, you know, Mike, of course, with... Uh, uh, is the goalie coach of our of our uh, Vegas team, and Fred is the goalie coach for uh, for Henderson. Um, just really like uh, really like what he's done in Winnipeg, and and he's played behind uh, Connor Hellebuck, who's a real workhorse. Uh, he was looking for a little more uh, opportunity, and uh, he's a really good fit uh, for our team behind Robin. Just as a reminder for media members, use the raise hand function if you have a question. Next question, we'll go to David Shane, Las Vegas Review Journal. Hey, Kelly, with regard to Alec, did you hesitate at all uh, with the three years in terms of the term? And maybe just what do you think the contract says to what you feel about the player uh, and your commitment to him and, and maybe getting close to probably what he was getting or going to get on market value? Well, I don't know what he would have got on market value, uh, David. I don't know if you had your TV on today, but, uh, um, you know, the contracts were, uh, I think, probably quite a bit higher than what uh, people might have anticipated, uh, you know, clearly uh, significantly higher than uh, than a year ago. So whether that's, uh, you know, optimism, um, you know, just that better times are ahead with respect to, uh, fans in buildings, normalcy, returning, that type of thing uh, is likely part of it. But, um, you know, I would say, uh, you know, after the fact, uh, I, I feel fortunate that we got him at three times 5.25. I think the market would have uh, uh, paid him quite a bit more than that. Uh, you know, more importantly, maybe to the first part of your question, um, you know, you're, you're at our games. He was one of our best players. And, uh, you know, you know, all I can really add to that is what I think he means to the leadership of our team. And I remember, uh, you know, the day we traded for him, referencing the fact that he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. And you see that in his preparation. You see that in his uh, uh, courage and commitment. You see that in uh, his leadership and mentorship of younger players on our team. And, you know, as our team gets a little bit younger, uh, which we have here uh, through this uh, through this stretch, it magnifies the value of those uh, older guys that are in your dressing room. And I really, uh, I really feel that he's one of the most respected players on our team. So, um, you know, it was never, you know, it needs to be manageable. It needs to work. Uh, it has to work. That's uh, that's uh, uh, implicit with uh, with what a salary cap uh, d does in terms of your ability to do business, but. In terms of uh, our willingness or our interest or desire, uh, we really wanted this player to be uh, Vegas Gold tonight. It was a really uh, good trade for us two years ago when we got him from Los Angeles, and uh, he's just uh, had a resurgence where resurgence where he's likely played his best hockey as an NHL player, uh, you know, right now. Next question will go back to Justin Emerson, a Las Vegas Sun. Hey Kelly, I just want to ask about Peyton Krebs and just kind of uh, where you see his development path and what you're kind of hoping to see out of him next year, uh, whether that be in Vegas or Henderson. 
Um, well, Peyton is now uh, Dunn Jr., where he was uh, Player of the Year in the Western Hockey League. Uh, again, I think he's been around uh, Henderson enough, and of course, his time with uh, with Golden Knights when he uh, came up after his junior season prior to his injury that. Uh, you know, everyone is really excited about uh, Peyton. Um, you know, becomes it becomes more and uh, more and more clear when you watch him play that uh, his instincts and passion for the game uh, really separate him. He is a talented player, but there's just uh, you know, if there's if there's players that have that it factor, he seems to be one of those players that really uh, just finds a way to be a really effective, productive player. Um, you know, he's a coach's dream in terms of uh, understanding the game and doing things the way that you want them to be done and providing uh, energy. Um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll assess that all at, uh, at training camp. I, I know Peyton will be coming here to make uh, the NHL team if he's able to do that, then that's a, a great accomplishment for a player at a junior. If he uh, requires time in Henderson, uh, we've got a great, uh, a great program there for, uh, for his development as well. So, We'll let that play out when we uh, when we get started in the fall. Good time for a few more questions for General Manager Kelly McCrimmon. Next, we'll go to Jesse Granger of the Athletic. Hey Kelly, uh, you mentioned Evgeny Dadanov and his how effective he was in Florida, and maybe a bit of a down year in Ottawa. But I've heard that maybe maybe he wasn't he didn't adjust as well in Ottawa, didn't have his family, and with all the restrictions that players went through this year, uh, how much of that went into the the thought process of signing him, and how much do you think maybe you're getting the player you saw in Florida? Well, I expect we will be. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I go back to the first time we had our pro staff together, if that would have been maybe in uh, early April or, or March. And one of the comments I made at that time is, is this is a year where you should be careful making final judgments because there's so many factors at play. Um, you know, players that, uh, uh, are away from family, players that have had COVID, players that had tough recoveries from COVID, players that had family members with COVID, um, you know, the isolation that uh, that you heard NHL players talk about, the challenges that come with that, uh, empty buildings, and, and all that uh, went with, uh, with that. Um, so in, in Evgeny's case, he... Uh, uh, he, he, he has had two boys. Uh, they now have a third child. So this past season, he was in Ottawa alone. His wife was, uh, his wife was pregnant, um, from, I think the three month, uh, timeframe to the eight months timeframe that he would have been in Ottawa. Uh, I spoke to Evgeny today. He really, uh, he really said that was, was, was difficult. And, uh, you know, of course, he had the quarantines himself when he got to Canada. It was impossible to bring his family uh, in and see them. So, you know, aside from what we see on the ice, which is, uh, you know, obviously where the games are played and the evaluations of players are made, um, you know, there's a lot of factors that uh, come into play this year with, uh, with NHL players and with COVID. And it's no different uh, in society. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, been, uh, it's been a challenge. So, uh, he's really excited about his family being with him. He's really excited about coming to uh, to Vegas to play uh, with our team. Um, we've had a large body of work uh, on this player. We have uh, really good coverage uh, of Evgeny from our pro staff, uh, you know, from this year uh, where, 
you know, I think five on five, his numbers were pretty similar to what they uh, had been. And then the three years that he uh, played in Florida, I think, uh, um, you know, we have a, um, you know, we're, we're confident. We know what we're getting. We're confident we're going to we're going to uh, have a player come in and be a really important player in our forward group. Final question today goes to Ben Goats, Las Vegas Review Journal. Hey Kelly, you touched on this in an earlier answer, but with Nick Holden gone, your depth on defense is now uh, very, very young. Just how confident are you in some of the young guys in your organization that may need to uh, step up if needed uh, next season, especially on the left side? Well, those are those are all uh, you know questions that we uh, talk about. Uh, you know. We go into a lot of detail with uh, with our uh, assessments, with our projections, with our evaluations, with uh, with what we want our team to look like. Uh, you know, really important for me that we get uh, Dylan Coughlin uh, into more games, uh, so he'll be um, you know a, a guy that we need to help uh, continue to, to develop. And I think I think the organization, which is uh, which is obviously focused on winning. Uh, we've had really good development from a lot of young players. And when you look at, uh, you know, Nick Haig breaking in as a regular two years ago, trading places with Zach Whitecloud going into uh, uh, the break that we had that season, Whitey uh, finishing the year in the lineup, then uh, playing the entire bubble. This year, Nick Haig playing 52 of 56 games. The growth we've seen in uh, Nick Waugh's game, the growth we've seen in Keegan Colasar's, uh, game. I, I think that we've done a really good job with uh, with some of those young players and helping them develop. So we want to get Cogs uh, more games. You, you say uh, the left side. I think the one uh, luxury we have is Shea Theodore is a left shot defenseman that plays right side. So you know that gives you the ability to uh, you know be able to put Dylan Coglin into your lineup uh, if if need be or if uh, if that's the choice of the coaches. Uh, you know, Shea can play left. So there's a lot of different ways that we can do it. And then I think uh, you want to try to have opportunities available if there's uh, if there's players in Henderson uh, that you want to learn more about, that you want to see what they look like in NHL games. Because you know, the one thing uh, about it, you you do your you you uh, you, you know, prepare your lineup. Uh, you want to be healthy all year. Uh, rarely that you are, uh, uh, that, it, that it ever plays out that way. But part of what you gain when you see players uh, get opportunities, you see what they do in the NHL because it's easy to talk about what you think they can do or what you project them to do from watching uh, players play in the American League. When you get to see them in NHL games, I think there's real value in that. So obviously uh, you want to remain healthy. But uh, when those opportunities present themselves, I think it's good to give uh, to let players uh, get a look, and then we have a better handle on where we're at uh, with those uh, with those people. Thanks, Kelly, very much for your time today. Thank you very much uh, to the members of the media for that jumping on. The record manager Kelly McCrimmon, as he addressed the media after the Golden Knights. Uh, transactions today on the opening of free agency we're going to have full breakdown and analysis when we come back right here on fox sports las vegas